Hello there, everybody out there in podcast land. Link here and another episode of the Dayton Poetry Slam podcast. This is kind of a landmark episode. It's the 10th episode today. Uh, Really happy with how this podcast has been going, especially the fact that it takes me no time to throw it together. (laughs) Uh, What we've got going on today is the second half of the open mic from May the 1st uh, in 2022. So hopefully uh, you enjoy it as you have been enjoying the rest of these podcast episodes. And we're going to finish out May, well, right now. Let me get on to it. And just remind you to check out our website, DaytonPoetrySlam.com, for merchandise, for donation tabs, for the schedule. Everything going on is right there at the website, DaytonPoetrySlam.com. And uh, again, we remind you that all the works that you're going to hear are the intellectual properties of the poets, unless otherwise stated. So let's get into it. The Dayton Poetry Slam Podcast, Episode 10. Just for a second, because it is Sunday, please uh, remove your hats, bow your head for a moment of prayer. Our lager, which art in barrels, hallowed be thy drink. Tis thy will to be drunk, and I will be drunk. At home as I am in the tavern, give us this day our foamy head, and forgive us our spillage, as we forgive those who spill against us. And lead us not to incarceration, but deliver us from hangovers. For thine is the bitter and the barley, barmen. Shit, but that's actually a pretty good one. I'm actually gonna let you go on that one because I've had a fucking great weekend. I went to Kings Island on Saturday, on Friday, on the actual 50th anniversary of Kings Island. I was like, I'm home. I wrote everything but the Beast. Were the Bradys that there? That shit ain't open yet, huh? Were the Bradys there? No, the Bradys aren't there. Most of them are dead. <laughs> Let's just be honest about that shit. But why you got to bring the whole room down by telling us the Brady Bunch is just dying? I tell you on. what, though, it is something special to ride like a coaster that you grew up on with your kid. Like that's like some some special shit. There aren't. I'm not, this isn't me commenting on how old you are. Merely how often they turn over rides there. There aren't a lot of coasters left from aside from the Racer and the Beast from thirty the, years ago. Let's see, the Racer, the Beast, the Beastie. What's is now like the Great Pumpkin Coaster. Um, the bat, because Top Gun was there while I was a kid. Man, Top Gun was so bat. much fun, and there was never a line for it. It was great. Um, Delir- the f- fate what used to be Face Off came out when and I was the Flight in- of Fear and all that, or whatever. That was that was my high school. I was in high school when Flight of Fear came out. Is the uh, NASCAR Thunder? Uh... No, I remember that. that yes, was the so Motion bad. Sim ride. Yeah. It was then so it was bad. SpongeBob for a while. There was a SpongeBob motion sim attraction for a while. That was fun. And the vortex. Now it's is now gone, it's a haunted it? house. The vortex is a big open like pit now, like because they demolished it and okay. it's it's just open waiting for the next coaster. A big um, but pit. Unfortunately, oh, and Whitewater Rapids is still there, and so there's quite a few rides I can ride with my kids that I rode as a kid. Awesome. Yeah, I love it. All right, Kings we've Island, got some a sponsor. By the way, let's. Uh, we got some great poets coming up for you, but the next poet up comes all the way from Cincinnati, and it is not just any other poet. It is Cincinnati's slam mistress. <laughs> 
because that just sounds dirty to say it that way. It's Cincinnati Slam Mistress, and she's got a huge event to also talk about, so I'm going to let her plug that as well as doing two poems. So please give a huge welcome back to Doo-Wop! everybody. How y'all doing? Good, 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 good. Uh, thank you for that awesome introduction, Link. I appreciate that. Um, I am the slam mistress of Cincinnati. <laughs> um, my name is Duop, and I am the executive producer of Duop Cincinnati Poetry Slam. So um, it is an open slam. Anyone who would like to participate is more than welcome. We have a few slots available. The next one is on um, May 14th. So just in a couple more weeks, we'll have our second slam of the season. Um, and it's held, of course, in Cincinnati, Ohio. So if you want to know more about that, you can just log on to CincinnatiPoetrySlam.com. And uh, you can find all of the information there, tickets, registration, and we have even um, some spots available for vendors. All right? So I'm going to go ahead and get into this poem. Um, I have been writing and performing poetry, and I've been a spoken word artist for 20 years. Um, but it was just last year in December that I released my first ever book of poetry entitled, thank you. <laughs> it's entitled, um, Sincerely Doo-Wop. So these are the poems that really just speak about my journey, um, you know, as a woman, uh, as a mother, as a, a entrepreneur, you know, just someone who wears all of these hats and, and how it truly, um, you know, just can relate to everyone's just regular journey, you know? And we all have those things that we don't necessarily talk about in the open um, or that we might not necessarily slam about or present on an open mic. But um, these are some of those most sincerest and deepest thoughts of mine that I wanted to share with the world. So, Sincerely Doo-Wop. Um, and along with the book, I have a soundtrack, Sincerely Doo-Wop the Soundtrack, <laughs> which is 10 of the poems that are recorded to um, original music production. All right, and then along with that, I have a, a writing prompt journal. <laughs> it's, a three, it's like a three-piece project, you know what I'm saying? Like, I spent a lot of time on this, but it's a writing prompts journal entitled Sincerely Me, so the prompts are for you to dig in and tap in in the way that I did when I produced Sincerely Do What. Whew, here we go. All right, so this poem is uh, one of the poems from the book, and it is in the section that is entitled Note to Self. I wrote this poem for myself, to myself, but I hope that you can relate. It's called The Light. When in the light, be courageous and audacious enough to risk eye rolls and low blows. Be cognizant of condescending calumnious tongues of those less confident. Stay up, stay blessed, stay living the best life you can, passionately planning and progressing personally paying attention to things that pertain to you. Pay no mind the 
judgmental looks, their words unspoken or words spoken under their breasts. Let observation be 2020, even in the shade. Side eyes and side conversations, add them to the equation as you figure things out. But don't be dismayed nor swayed. Don't spend not one day wishing to walk in their shoes. Be too busy staying busy. Be confident and carefree. Keep maneuvering through this rat traffic, blocking, bobbing, and bouncing off of their insecurities. Because in the grand scheme of things, you're blessed, and you know it. So don't be afraid to show it. Can't help but share it. It's a whole vibe. And besides a positive perception of a person of the female persuasion bossing up is an occasion for celebration. In a world where sexism and misogyny reign and racism remains, be dedicated to leaving blessings of your presence everywhere you go. After every show, every speaking engagement, every business meeting, every collaboration, let everything you do be with integrity and grace. Be proud because you deserve to be exactly where you are today, doing exactly what you're doing, in whatever moment for no other reason than you're determined and dedicated. You are light, you shine. Cast your rays far and wide, be a guiding light, a beacon of hope, and when your light unfurls, the wind will capture leaving magnificent molecules of magic upon everything and everyone in its path. Instead of dimming to coddle their confidence, instead of shrinking to ease their egos, keep the light on, let it shine. Let it radiate like the sun, because when it's all said and done at the end of the day, that's all that really matters anyway. Just shine. And that's that poem. Thank you so much. Keep it going for two up. Keep it going. We're going to keep the nasty natty vibes coming up. Oh no, I couldn't, I couldn't let that shit go without, come on. I've been doing this shit since 03. I've been going down to Cincinnati the same amount of time. You know, it's funny, Coco had mentioned um, during her feature about, you know, in Charlotte, a distinct lack of females. Uh, and they had me, uh, they, sorry, Poetry Slam Incorporated way back in the day had me go down to a slam, not yours, but a different slam that was going on in this reggae bar. Um, and they were trying, they were registered, they were sending a team and all that, and went down and performed and, you know, had a fun time. And then all of a sudden, as I'm leaving, all these women start showing up going, they don't let us read. Like, they don't let us perform. They don't let us do anything. I'm like, wait a minute, what the hell? And just all this unloading. Apparently, they were handpicking teams and just all this nasty shit. And we, unfortunately, had to get them disqualified, but... Ugh, that was, that was unfortunately my first experience with Cincinnati poetry, but I've had so many better experiences, most of which I remember. 
<laughs> Let's be honest. All right, so next up, please give a huge round of applause to Laura Wise. Come on, keep it going. Hello. It's funny that poetry is actually male-dominated, because if you, you put a gun to someone's head and say, name a poet, they'd probably say Maya Angelou. Um, <laughs> they probably would, to save their life. They do say Coco Flow. So, <clears throat> but I'm just saying, like some random person who's not into poetry would say Maya Angelou. This poem is actually called The Real Reason Ain't Nobody Got a Man. Cookies in abundance. I got two for one, I got 10 for five. What you looking for? What you want? What you need? I got that fresh out the oven. I've been cooking in the kitchen. Here's a picture of my home cooked meal. Cookie. I got that work. I got that all night do you right. Soft and chewy, moist on the inside, individually wrapped. I got that free sample. Walk around the store, come back to my kiosk, and I'll give you another cookie. Wishing, hoping, planning, praying, and praying cookie. I got it. Got that unconditional love, that accepting. Got that selfless. Cookies fresh out the oven. I got a whole sheet fresh waiting on you to just take a bite. I got that all night. Got that let's build a community with all your baby mamas. Suck your dick in public right here in the comment section. Support your small business that ain't really a business. Got that full-time job cookie. Let you follow your dreams, cookie. Sit on the couch, play, play Xbox, and eat up all my food, cookie. That let you cheat as long as I don't see, cookie. That you mean more than me, chocolate dip, honey dip, butter pecan. Even though he be gone, he can still come right back, cookie. That I'll make tacos, Jody, cookie. That butterscotch let you keep that side dip, cookie. I just can't see you without me. I can't breathe, I can't sleep, I can't eat without you in my life, Cookie. That I've been waiting all this time aspect, Cookie. I can't think of any other aspect of life, Cookie. That I ain't got no stamps in my passport, no sense of self, can't find the root of the problem, it's me. Cookie. I got local, organic, homegrown Cookie that he ain't brought my car back late to pick me up in my own shit, Cookie. Can't figure out why no one will pay retail for this cookie, even though I've been giving it away for free. Got that? Fuck these other bitches. They ain't on my level, so you should eat my cookie, cookie. We all out here in a single file line waiting to give our submission to the next nigga passing by, cookie. Because it beats being alone. I'ma hold you down, ride or die, cookie. Self-righteous, saving it for Jesus, giving it away in the dark for potential marriage proposals. Cookie! Cookies in abundance! The market value of cookie is low. The stock has plummeted. Cookie surplus. Cookie, can anyone tell me who stole the last cookie out of the cookie jar? Cookie. Thank you. Wow, that is awesome. Give it up again for Laura Wise.
We ain't, we ain't got cookies, but Pizza Bandit got ice cream. Does that count? Oh shit, we forgot to say that? Yeah, Pizza Bandit had ice cream. They, they're gonna have ice cream from now on. <laughs> they're like, motherfucker, what? What? Don't mess with me, fat man. Yeah, they had like, what was it, banana pudding and like a peanut butter brownie, something, but, so. It's okay, huh? Yeah, it's gonna, they're gonna have more often because it, they're building a kitchen, like a permanent kitchen right in the back now. So yeah, they got a grant from the city of Dayton, so. All right, next poet up. You know what, we, we uh, well, all these poets have pretty much been waiting since the beginning of the show, so. Next poet up, please give a huge round of applause to Tui. How we all doing? Okay. All right. I got some new shit for you tonight. Just, just one poem here. It's about anxiety. All right. It's called Work in Progress. Anxiety is sitting out in your car for 20 minutes. Everyone at the social gathering expecting you to attend. The mess of a brain working overtime to no end. Staying in park, but mine to sit on drive. Four-wheel drive, all terrain to overtake every thought, dead or alive. Fully automatic, machine gun thoughts shoot out and fly. Don't soar too high like a kite brushing up against a ceiling. Paint strokes give me cardiac arrest, a stop heart feeling. The needle pinprick point markedly on this hole, tattooed memories on my soul. That time has a way of getting away, escaping every day, death gripping as my fierce sway. Depression deceiver, sadness receiver. Anxiety is wondering about something that'll never happen and time wasted. Many times I've been mistaken. Every little daily downward spiral is a descent into imagination. Imagine being so totally aware, lucid consciously, yet you allow this mental shit show to occur so irresponsibly. My head is not with it. I said my head is not with it. Somewhere interstellar, riddle so cryptic. Existence pissed away becomes totally simplistic. Anxiety is a pile of stupidly irrational and elaborate mind benders. Package up these postal service thoughts Enough to make one go postal, shipping overnight. When they arrive, I refuse to open them. Just write, return to sender, and off they go again. They blend and complicate, ruining plans, hopes, and dreams until I meditate. Making room for peace, the goal is to levitate. Stand up and say it straight. Everything in your life, better or worse, makes you great. You must give up control, ebb and flow into the conscious. Parents that never paid you for chores, they said you have to earn it. But they meant that in earnest, no allowances allowing me to gain proof of purchase on my mental headspace. Why allow others to live rent-free if they cannot occupy your life for better? Plan to be evicted until, unless I start charging. You don't get a say here. Rain or shine, regardless of the weather. Anxiety is burnout, to exhaust completely. The brain is smoking cigarettes in a dried-up, petrified forest. I feel for the forest, if only these trees could talk. This candle is burning at both ends and the shit won't stop. Unscented and toxic, fearful that the light will fade out. The end of the tunnel, narrowing to a thin. You have to search for the answers within. Better to burn out than to fade away, said Cobain, churning these lines out like butter all night and day. I aim with the intent to kill, harming all thoughts that hold you back. Already tired before you even hit the sack, as if they're waiting to exhaust me. Anger as a car fuming chemicals until the cells die. A prison, a private hell until you're unreformed. This won't fly. Anxiety is made up of the time that is in every hurry. So why are you in a rush? No need to worry. Live forever, said no one ever. Impermanence, a hippy-dippy word so clever. You walk around every day in this flesh, no need to impress. You are your own best company, 
so fuck the rest. Your life is a cinematic epic played off the big screen. Audience of one watches scene by scene. Everyone comes and goes, reluctantly, very much so. Still, oneself is my best company while living on the spinning dome. I really am not alone. The bad moment fades and the sky clears, a purpose fulfilled that says, we need you here. Don't forget that you're a work in progress and that life is a process. I repeat, you are a work in progress and that life is a process. Thank you. Keep it going for Tui! All right. Next poet up. Oh, just a reminder. Um, if we happen to take your picture on our social media and uh, I didn't tag you, um, please tag yourself because it's nothing personal. I just didn't know your name on social media. So as always, Dayton Poetry Slam on Instagram, Dayton Poetry Slam on Facebook, at Slam Dayton on Twitter, and our website, DaytonPoetrySlam.com. Next poet up, coming all the way from the back of the room. So that means you all are going to have to applaud a little bit longer. Please give it up for Trocon Freeman. Come on. He's big. He may hurt me. Come on. All right. All right, good evening, everybody. It feels good just to be in an open mic setting where you're not, like, slamming. Yes. I mean, even though slam is just, it's all subjective, it's just good to express. And so um, I always try to, I just want to do something like being in the NBA playoffs. I want to do something a little bit more abstract and just be free. Because sometimes you have these writings in your notebook that you only have for yourself and you never really share with anyone else. So I just wanted to share this particular piece. See, this is how rumors get started. I never stated that NBA athletes were weak. What I was saying is that in comparison to me, I wouldn't necessarily consider them to be a beast. And yes, my skill set begets bravado goat vernacular. Therefore, the trash talk is immaculate, infinite, artistic, astronomical, pure lyrical snobbery like Ali Muhammad combined with Mayweather McGregor. I have a before Christ Kanye type of cockiness. So contrary to Kendrick, I can't really be humble. Now. Honestly, they call themselves all-stars, so if they're all-stars, I guess that would make me all-galaxy and extraterrestrial alien playing Planet Sabatron, Space Jam, Optimus Prime, Vibranium basketball with abilities to transform an NBA vet to a JV veteran. Should they ever try to moonlight or eclipse my shine, I will beat them off the dribble, attack them baseline, watch them catch an 808 heartbreak like the rest of those other Yeezys who thought they could take the ball away like Kanye took the callous mic from Taylor swiftly they get crossed over if they ever trespass against me, but that's all right, though, because I am better than all these other NBA players, John Moran, Steph Curry, Michael Jordan, L.A., Michael Jordan, Chicago, when he dropped 38 points, five assists, three steals, and allegedly did that with the flu. I mean, that's cool. That's all right, but no matter how ill his performance, his game can never be sicker than mine. I mean, Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry, I mean, I'm better than Steph Curry. I shoot from supernatural, inhumane sniper range. I could shoot it off in a Golden Garden, Buckeye, or Empire State somewhere. I can easily ether your J and black out and take over. It ain't hard to tell. My skill set begets bravado goat vernacular. And therefore, my trash talk is infinite, artistic, astronomical, pure lyrical snobbery like Ali Muhammad, Kamala Mayweather McGregor. I got before Christ Kanye type of cockiness. So contrary to Kendrick, I will not be 
humble. All right. All right. That's a that's a that's an old 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 piece. Um, and here's an under construction ish. When you have three children under five, I honestly can say to myself that I feel like I'm 25 physically and spiritually, but when you have children, three children under five, you know, I realize that the platinum in my face helps me to realize that I am five years away from 50, but nonetheless, I still don't have this old head energy that's self-righteous. I try to clap for other people that comes after me, if anything. Now, I know when it comes to arts and entertainment, it's all subjective, but I'll make this statement and say it emphatically. The number one sitcom of the year is Abbott Elementary. <laughs> and I love, love the principal. I love, love the principal. I love the brutal realism. I love the witty comedy. And there was something about the vicious clapbacks that took me back to Detroit City Westside Peck Doty Elementary School, where I had the most rambunctious behavior and committed some of the most random acts of savagery. Now, I remember this was a time when teachers were allowed to use corporal punishment and use wooden paddles to rock bottoms, but she learned how to respond as opposed to react. For every time I acted bad, she made me sing the clapping songs where I would clap my hand, stomp my feet, and turn around. When it got to the part where it says, and if you're happy and you know it, and your face will surely show it, no matter how reluctant and stone and stoic my countenance, she can always crack a smile out of me. She was amazing. She knew how to respond as opposed to react. And every time I think about clapping, it was synonymous with something good. The way we clap in church, the way we clap when we step, the way we clap when we're doing an electric slide, we have so much soul in our soul clap. We have so much soul that we didn't need, we didn't need any music. And so one day I'm standing in line on the phone, waiting for my order, and I don't know where. On God, on everything, bro, on my mama, y'all better put more rice in the steak on my burrito bowl. And the dude was like, nigga, I'm not putting more rice on your burrito bowl, and subsequently, they started getting to fighting. And I'm like, where's this clapping coming from? I mean, I never heard a white guy say, I promise you, bro, if you call me racist one more time, bro. So then, <laughs> under construction poem, under construction, and I start thinking like, you know, we some clapping folks. Then I realized that this is not new energy because 30 years ago, I asked my beautiful West African Liberian mother for a pair of infrared Jordans. And out of nowhere, I said, Michael Jordan who? MJ what? That foolish thing you talking now, you not bring it to me, oh. She stomped her head, she clapped her feet. You know what, I, I, I'm still working on that piece, y'all. Thank you, for, I'm, I, gotta, I can't. <laughs> Love it. All right, we got a few poets left. We're going to keep the open mic going. Next up, please give a huge round of applause to Jay Kelly. Jay Kelly right here coming up. Come on. It's crazy I can't send my son to the stores for Lay's chips because cop cars want to come through our neighborhoods like slave ships. Mr. Officer, 
please get these handcuffs off of us, because there was no weapons found. We get treated like public enemy number one. Y'all know. Get up the get, get the get down. 911, it's joking, yo town. Get up the get, get the get down. 911, it's joking, yo town. Or maybe on your local news. See, they'll have you confused thinking your people is the problem. Face it, change the station, because the revolution would not be televised. And the cries from the African male won't be heard. Just the slaps of the cops' wrist, acquitted of all charges. They get sent home with pay, it's not right. They shoot, shoot, and kill, kill, but then expect us not to fight when reality sets in that that badge is more important than my life. But they smart, because they know in court, a dead body can't testify. So when they kill us, it gets justified. Despite the phones with recorders, take them cameras from reporters, because we still going to be reported as thugs, or niggas, or thug niggas. See, police brutality is out of hand. But the media, the media only pays attention to the riot that breaks out, but not the smothered community voices yelling out, we can't breathe. So National Guards come in, now we can't leave. Our house is past a certain time, wear a hoodie outside, stand in front of a store, ride the train home, or be alone with a flat tire without being flatlined. So I guess everything we do is so dangerous. So at times, we bust the rhymes on these lines, but not nines, cause we don't want the police coming in yelling, put your hands where my eyes can see. Clan disguised in a uniform that says serve and protect, but they only bring their guns and text to protest, and we know best that police brutality is out of hand. Pay attention, this is the new age lynching. Give it up. Damn. All right. All right, next poet up. You saw him all the first half of the show tonight. So we're going to, we're, I guess we kind of need to let him come up and do a poem, kind of, maybe. Did you get ice cream? Ada, did you get ice cream? Fuck yes. Sorry, I just saw this, I'm like, wait. They still have ice cream? Sorry. <laughs> it's never a good thing to say. I have no idea what I'm eating, but it's good. Okay. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, trans and pans, next up, please give a huge round of applause to Jonathan. Good afternoon, class. Today we will be going over review questions for the math portion of your final exam. Please pay attention as these questions may appear on the test itself. One, there is a gunman on the mezzanine inside the school's main entrance. It has a height of 15 feet. The gunman is five feet, four inches tall. You are standing 20 feet away on the ground level of the school. Next to you, there is a trophy case that is four feet tall. If you shelter behind the trophy case, will it provide an adequate angle of depression to keep you out of the gunman's line of sight? 
two. A gunman is holding an AR-15 rifle, which can fire 120 rounds per minute or two rounds per second. The average high school freshman can run eight miles per hour, which means it will take 25.6 seconds for them to run 100 yards to safe coverage. Assuming the gunman can accurately hit a moving target with the weapon in question 70% of the time, and the weapon will fire 51 rounds in the time it will take the target to reach safe coverage, how many times should the average high school freshman anticipate being shot before they are capable of reaching safety? Three, there are 127 students in the school's courtyard when a gunman opens fire. 12 students will be killed instantly. 23 will suffer mortal injuries and die later in the hospital. 75 will suffer non-mortal injuries. 13 will escape with minor cuts and bruises. What percentage of students walk away from this incident with images of bullets tearing through flesh and their peers bleeding out in the schoolyard permanently engraved in their minds? Four, you are standing 476 yards away from the gunman. He is using an AR-15 rifle. You have just completed a text to your parents letting them know there is an active shooter on campus and you love them. You are preparing to hit send when the gunman pulls the trigger on what will prove to be a lethal shot. The average bullet speed of an AR-15 rifle is 3,250 feet per second. It will take you nine-tenths of a second to hit send. Do you have time to send your parents a text message letting them know you love them before the bullet hits you? Five, James Madison High School has a student population of 932, a combined teaching staff of 232, custodial staff of 30, and an administrative staff of 26. If the active shooter kills or injures 32 students, 14 teachers, two custodians, and two members of the administrative staff, which group of the total population of 1,220 has been targeted at a high enough percentage to be considered statistically significant? Please remember, Failure to pass this exam will prevent you from moving on to the next grade. Since the next slam is the new shit slam, I decided I'm going to read the oldest shit I have that I still perform in public. It is not about Jesus. The sock puppet slam will happen sometime in probably July. The sock puppet stage has some uh, repairs and upgrades that I need to do to it. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, clean socks are not required. You can read crusty poetry with your crusty sock, it's cool. Your hand goes in it, not mine. Oh shit, I remember that, that robot. That was fucking phenomenal. Remember the robot, or you weren't here for the last sock puppet slam. I don't remember. That was in like 2018 or 2019, and thanks to 2020, it was 36 years ago. I literally wasn't alive the last time we had the Sock Puppet Slam. Anyways, this is the oldest shit that I have that I still perform in public. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. And so rose the great statue with a crown of seven points, one for each sea and continent reflecting off New York Harbor. So greeted the millions that passed through Ellis Island to be stripped of their names and have them reworked into something more American. Melted down until all impurities are gone. Melted down into stereotypes. Melted down into a culture so homogenized we now accept Oreo pizza 
as Italian. And now, as the death march of religious extremism threatens lives, we say no, we turn them away, we cower in fear as they die. We cower while we watch, while we watch Monday Night Football. We cower on couches, we cower in bars, we cower at poetry slams, we cower while we Netflix and chill. We cower in shopping malls, we cower, they die. As the words of the new Colossus fall on deaf ears, the torch of liberty falls into the sea and the Colossus of Rhodes is reborn. The brazen American giant raises its arms skyward and the mother of exiles extends to its conquered lands two middle fingers, each with a ubiquitous message. Your culture is out of options. The glow of worldwide welcome extinguished. The washed sunset gates have fallen. The imprisoned lightning of the flame is gone. We've cut Patrick Henry's options in half. We'll take the liberty. You can keep the death. We'll melt the statue down and use the copper to settle the debt. For we don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. People of color still Ku Klux, white hoods replaced with badges, still hiding behind the guise of the American dream, behind never forget, behind make America great again, behind all lives matter, behind an irrational fear perpetuated by 24-hour news networks that manipulate language and bastardize truth into propaganda until every person from the Middle East is a terrorist, until every African-American is a criminal. You chose liberty. But we left you too tired, hungry, and poor to act on it. So we gave you death, spiritual death, cultural death, anthropological death, literal death. We brought you in, melted you down, reshaped you in our image. And if you dare break the mold of liberty that we have cast for you, then the only option left is death. Can you tell we've heard that poem before? <laughs> nothing, not, nothing better than a whole poetry audience going, Death! Death! <laughs> it's Poetry Slam's The Roman Edition. <laughs> what? There you go. All right. We got three poets left on the, night, on the open mic list. The next poet is another out-of-towner, but she's home-based right here. So we love when she gets to come in. So please give a huge round of applause to Vi. Come on, give it up. What's up, y'all? Oh, wait, am I, am I at the right microphone? All right. So first off, let me clear up something. I'm not an out-of-towner. I am from Dayton, okay? Give it up for Dayton, okay? Y'all, where y'all from? I know, but I'm from here, so this is home. This is my first home. But, you know. Okay, so I'm gonna do something short and cute. Is that cool? All right, so I had realized for like a while, like I wasn't writing new poetry. So I wrote a poem about that. It's called Forgotten How to Write. I done forgotten how to write, how to express my feelings because I'm so busy not feeling 
so busy chilling, so busy healing that I don't even write. I done forgotten how to write, how to put my pen to paper because I'm so busy chasing paper all day and all night that I don't even write. Shit, I've been scared to touch the mic. I'd rather stay out of sight. They only see me at the airport when I'm boarding a flight. I like to stay low. I mind the business that pays me. I'm done writing poems for these fuck niggas that played me. <laughs> you will never see me cry again. Should I feel like I could touch the sky again? I'm finna go roll up some pressure and get high again. Because where there's smoke, there's fire. And if I said I didn't miss this shit, then I would be a liar because I'm writing again. I guess I never forgot. I pulled a rabbit out the hat, took some old tricks out the box. Words flowing like water, voice smooth like a breeze. I guess I'll write some new shit so they could take heed. Thank you. Provide. Keep it going. Goodbye. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you too. I'm fucking with you. <laughs> I know, but the look on her face was like, "You fucking sure? What the fuck?" <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you were seriously about to do the. Oh shit! Not that. All right. So, good night. Take care. It is that time, that, say, that wonderful time of every show, that we get to bust out my favorite word in the English language. Hoochie coochie? That's a, it's a close, it's a, it, it, hoochie coochies is a close second. I understand they're it's most right predominant way down yonder at a Chattahoochee. Oh, wow, yeah. Thank you for reminding me of my days DJing at a country station. Thank you. Yay. No, it's time for your penultimate poet of the night. My favorite word in the English language, penultimate, meaning next to last. And I decided to give this special honor tonight to, you know, one of the poets I've worked with in the room for the longest in the room. Folks, please give a huge round of applause to Brave Nate! going on, everybody? Oh, shit. How many? One or two? Cool, cool, cool. 
Um, God damn it, hold on for a minute, y'all. All right, this first poem I'm going to do is called uh, My City's Fucked Up in the Head. My city's fucked up in the head. Yeah, I said it. I'm not making this shit up. My city fucked up in the head. We taking selfies with people that's half dead. People will do almost anything to get Facebook likes just to want to be down. Trying to solve murders on social media from out of state but won't attempt to solve any of the murders in their own town. We make fun of people that's going through it in life. A woman will have sex with a man and won't even care if he has a wife. Kids doing what they want to do. The kids are shooting who they want to shoot. They're not just carrying guns, they blazing them. Parents, what the hell are those? Them the ones responsible for not raising them. People doing what they want to do and not adding up the cost. Babies are raising babies and they both hella lost. Social media controls people's lives. Everything that they post shows it. Y'all air out y'all's dirty laundry on social media and don't give a damn about who knows it. People on social media begging for boyfriends. People on social media begging for rides and food. People on social media begging for food stamps. Young women out here taking half-naked pics looking like hood tramps. Yeah, it's gotten that bad out here. Low self-esteem is at an all-time high. Young adults out here popping pills like they ain't even afraid to die. It seems like we're all getting caught up in the matrix. Life done got so complicated because people have disregarded the basics. Yahweh has been taken out of the picture. Yahweh hasn't even been a second thought. People posting up People too busy trying to show off their temporary-ass relationships or the latest clothes that they bought. My city complains about my city. That makes a pastor want to cuss. My city, my city complains about what well, we ain't got here, but for real, for real, ain't nobody tearing up our own shit but us. Y'all complain about a few cop-ass whoopings, but what about the drugs being sold in our communities? Our neighborhoods and sons can poison our own neighborhoods, and yet and still our very own will give them praise and immunity. Now, explain that shit. I ain't heard y'all once not complain about that shit. In my city, the bad guy is a good guy, and he can't do no wrong. He can flood his community with all kinds of poison, and nobody will consider what he does is wrong. Then the little nigga will go and chronicle everything that he did in a rap song. They'll defend him the whole time he's in jail. They'll just celebrate him like he's robbing the hood, when in all reality, he was just robbing the hood. Our women don't encourage their men to get out of the game. They're too caught up in his name and a little weight that he carries. And she'll move on to the next one as soon as his ass gets buried. Now see, that's the kind of shit that I be talking about. These young men have gotten in the game with no intention of getting out. No end game, no nothing, just busy trying to impress. And they keep going and going until they thrown in jail or their asses put to rest. All kinds of opportunities passing them up. Fake ass friends out there gassing them up. Enemies out there blasting them up putting them six feet under the dirt. T-shirt kings out here steady making RIP shirts. Niggas in these hole-in-the-wall ass clubs taking pictures with loot. Bitches with no gold smiling, thinking the shit's cute. But we are lost out here. Can't nobody tell us shit. It's like we love skipping class. And it's a shame when our young men's priority is showing off to impress these bitches buying Jordans and wearing rhinestones on their ass. $300 belts on, pants still sagging. Young man, you're in public. We can see your ass all out in the open because your jeans are just dragging. Dear Yahweh, help us all because we've been lost in the sauce. We out here gambling with our very lives and ain't counting up the cost. All right, I'm working real hard on this one. I'm doing this one in the slam this uh, week. I'll probably, be, uh, I'll probably have it completely memorized by Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, Doo-wops. No, no, not this week, next week. This is titled, When I'm Done, I'm Done. When I'm done, I'm done. I don't do all that bitter shit. 
I don't do all that back and forth Facebook, Twitter shit. I ignore all bitter bitches like I never even knew them. Say whatever it is you want to say on social media, baby. I ain't got to clap back. Fuck your Instagram, your Facebook page, and your Snapchat. I ain't checking your page. I don't give a fuck about who else performs on your stage. I ain't checking for you. I don't give a fuck about how you doing. I don't care about who you texting, and I damn sure don't care about who you screwing. It's none of my business on who inbox you. You can't come back over my residence. I didn't change the locks, boo, but I'll tell you what you can do. You can come to my front yard, meet me at the curb, and pick up your lashes, your bras, your snipe bags with your bras, your soiled-ass panties, and your socks, too, because when I'm done, I'm done. It was nice while it lasted. We went as far as we can go. Now go fuck with the next goofy-ass bastard. The signs were all there, and I still chose not to read them. You said all that smart-ass shit you said. Now don't worry, you're really going to have to eat them. This relationship is done with out of here extinct. You can have all them clowns that you be entertaining. You can have all them sneaky links. Because when I'm done, I'm done. I can show you better than I can tell you. You ain't no movie star, bitch. Before I met you, you was regular as fuck. You didn't even have no car, bitch. You got the wrong one. You ain't fucking with no slouch, baby. You ain't even got your own shit. You be sleeping on other people's couch, baby. Before I stress myself out over a sneaky ass lying asshole, Girl, I'll let your monkey ass go. Baby, the whole time I was with you, your hair wouldn't even grow. The back of your hair wouldn't even lay down. You would always add gel to it. I loved you to death even though your coochie had a little bit of a smell to it. I loved you anyway. I loved you when you ain't had shit. Every time I catch you being sneaky, I'd leave you alone, but then you always want to come back on some sad shit. So I'm sorry, I'm bad, it's my bad shit. But when I'm done, I'm done. I delete whole text threads. I ain't trying to hear shit that you say or say it because in my mind, you already as good as dead. All the clothes and shoes you ever bought me, I got rid of that shit. Us ever being back together, man, I won't even consider that shit. Them Jordans you bought me, you can have them back. I'll just get some more, bitch. I'll either order another pair online or I'll find them at another store, bitch. Fuck closure, I don't need it. All them pics we took, videos too, delete it. I'm not one of them people that no matter what you say, no matter what you do, I feel like that I'm stuck with you. The disrespect that you show me is the very same reason why I can't fuck with you. All that waiting around shit until you get yourself together is some clown shit. Because when I'm done, I'm done. My mindset is different now. I don't stand bullshit for too long. I really don't understand why I had to keep telling a grown ass person every disrespectful thing that they did wrong. Every time we get into it, you run back and tell your friends shit about our situation that wasn't true. You can't even pay your own bills on time. And you want me to get on social media and brag about you? You may not have been my last, and you damn sure wasn't my first, but out of everybody that I've been involved with, the headaches that you gave me just may have been the worst. All in all, if I'm being completely honest with myself, you added no value to my life. You kind of remind me of gluten, but you're sadly mistaken if you think that I'll always love you because I damn sure ain't Whitney Houston. Fucking with you, you taught me a very valuable lesson I don't even want to learn no more. Girl, I'll never fuck back with you. I ain't even trying to get burned no more. You know, there was a time when you couldn't have convinced me that you wasn't going to end up with my last name. And now, I don't even look at your ass the same. All that repeating myself to you over and over again had me thinking that your ass was kind of slow. I can't do this shit no more. Not even another minute. And that's why I had to let your goofy ass go. Wait, did you rhyme gluten with Whitney Houston? Nate, did you? Give it up one more time for brave Nate. Nate, hey Nate. 
Did you, did you seriously rhyme gluten with Whitney Houston? That's awesome shit. It, Lane's gone, isn't he? Lane left? Lane Martin? He had one of the best rhymes I've ever heard is he, uh, you know, oh shit. No, no, he, he rhymed with, he rhymed with Sabi. You know, I didn't realize how bad our time would be, but I'm gonna leave burn your ass hotter than wasabi or some shit. I'm like, oh my God. So, all right. Nate being the penultimate poet means this is your ultimate, your final poet of the night. And I think this poet may have traveled the furthest to get here. I'm not quite sure. They didn't obviously just come for the show tonight, but um, coming all the way up from Texas, please give a huge round of applause. Your last poet of the night, Keith Eric, the Renaissance poet. Come on, keep it up. Thank you, thank you. I call myself the Renaissance poet because of the poetry that I embody. The souls of the dead poets that are in my body. Through me, they still speak to society and I ignore any anxiety. My own thoughts are no longer my sole propriety. See, I'm designed to be combined, to carry the weight of the black divine. What you slave minds decline, therefore, is black magic on mine. It's Lovecraft country. So when you understand it's black women on mine, you'll know I flip all these tables about mine. Jesus placed the caveat. The universe is the despot that planted me in this pot of earth with seeds that nourish me like Langston Hughes reads. The caged bird sings in me, allowing me to free minds and speak life into the poet without DeLorean. Though my laurels are immaculate, I've never been here for that. Even if my soul is set up for assassination like Anwar Sadat, I'm still the red, the black, and the green. And I'm not talking envy that most carry. I'm the infused weed in your brownies. Infused weed in your brownies. The sweet highs come from weeding me. My voice is a deep melancholy swinging lower than chariots that carry black bodies like poplar trees, feet dangling. I'm the legacy of their dreams with the freedom to speak freedom, the bastard of blasphemy with my middle finger in the air as I read. My poetry doesn't disappear because people ignore me, don't publicly support my shows, but still be listening. That actually works for me. As I live and breathe, a genuine love of poetry follows me wherever I go. Good energy flows into those spaces like the Million Man March in Washington the Cotton Club, and the music of Duke Ellington. A sentimental mood while Lady Sings the Blues is why poetry moves and my voice as I spit is rhythmic. You can feel it, see it, like it was James Van Der Zee himself who took the pick. Back then, we were murdered for simply learning, but it's our fingerprints all over this shit. Without us, America wouldn't even exist. Like the light bulb that only lasted for 30 minutes until Louis Latimer invented the filament. Black people are fucking epic. And I'm just a descendant. 
Literally, the fingerprints are still on me. It ain't 1870, but black blood is still dripping. They're still lynching, and the renaissance is the comeback on whipped backs. Now the whip cracks are the sounds our pens make when we break strongholds. Willie Lynch has a stronghold on minds that I'm here to mold. Wordsmiths, this gift, a prolific spit of the archives of today's generation like slave letters found on old plantations. This is our renaissance, and we are the foundation. Solid stone masons, kicking in doors and splitting consciousness to your conscience. The Avenger poets are at the ready, but unlike the Avengers, I don't say assemble, I say already. You know, it's joking around, you know, that I've been doing this since 2003 and been around with Nate since 2003, doing this and Lane and all this stuff. But, you know, I have to say, probably the thing I've always enjoyed the most is just, you know, getting to hang out with poets, getting to meet new poets, especially, you know, going out and grabbing something to eat with new poets and old poets. You know, especially, you know, like at times like, two o'clock in the morning. It's two in the morning and five of us are standing outside the awning of Denny's. All poets, all tired, all spent an evening surrounded by the words of each other. We're currently stranded because of a rainstorm that would make Noah head for cover. I couldn't see my car 25 fucking feet away. During a slight lessening of the rain, three people decided to run for it, leaving the other two to stay there, talk about poetry, talk about life. As the rain slowed even more, we headed for our cars, all the time continuing our deep, esoteric conversations. Suddenly, this little silver Volkswagen bug pulls up next to us with a couple inside. A future yuppie and current preppy is driving and he's addressed appropriately for his part. Next to him sits a very attractive person in a gray skirt suit looking outfit and all the players seem to now be assembled. Because we're talking, it's raining, they're kissing, we're starting to pick up both the rain and the couple. The last of my companions decides to leave and we finish our conversation as the joke he tells me I should throw those two a couple of Trojans as I'm moving towards my own car. And for some unknown reason, I turned around just in time to see two of the three pieces of that gorgeous skirt suit go flying into the back seat and the former rider wearing the front seat backwards. Want to know the real difference between the sexes? Car fucking. Women will strip almost naked where a man will pull down his pants and lift up the shirt just enough to get the job done. By the way, it was the skirt that stayed on. They're bouncing, it's raining harder, so is he. My phone's ringing and this one's going to voicemail because these two are getting even more excited. Beeps ringing out through the night. He won't let her up off the steering wheel. He keeps leaning forward and hitting the horn with her body as if to announce the entire world, we're fucking, we're fucking, we're fucking, ah, ah. Oh baby, I love you forever, and this time I really mean it. Ah! And apparently this excites her even more because the only thing louder than the beeps are her screams. It's raining, they're spasming. Half the restaurant has now emptied to watch the show. Moving her hair at the end of the last spasm, a look of shock appears as we're standing in a circle halfway around the car. Why is it the first thing exhibitionists do when they're caught is cover up? We've already seen everything. It's raining, he's starting the car. We're all applauding the performance, golf clap style. And I stand there. 2.30 in the morning, cell phone vibrating in my pocket, soaking wet, confused, and damn it, I want to do this again tomorrow. 
Okay, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Dayton Poetry Slam podcast. It's our 10th episode. Again, thank you all for tuning in and for keeping this show alive and moving. I greatly appreciate it. Everybody here at the Slam does. Check out our website, DaytonPoetrySlam.com, for more information about the show, um, merchandise that you can pick up to help support the show, or just straight donations to, to help out the show. Also, come on by. Come on, pop into the Slam. Uh, it happens on the first and third Sunday of the month at Yellow Cap Tavern in downtown Dayton. And um, if you want to know when the next one is, check out that website, DaytonPoetrySlam.com. Again, the uh, poetry that you just heard is the intellectual property of the poets unless otherwise indicated. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time here on the Dayton Poetry Slam podcast.